Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Room Call. Thank you all for joining in, and you know, we started back in 2016, I believe, and this program started. Uh, Myself and my friend Todd uh, would come over here at night. Uh, We didn't have any listeners at all. I started telling a few people that I knew, and uh, I didn't know where to, you know, how to even grow a program. I didn't know how to do a podcast. Uh, We were doing it off a table in a in a bedroom, and uh, but by God's grace, we are almost at 8,000 subscribers on YouTube, and we are currently hoping. And praying that you will come over and check us out on Rumble. And you might be wondering why we don't mention more about Rumble. I, I do, but I'm telling you, I'm convinced when I do that it seems like my hits, uh, my episode counts just seem to go down. Maybe maybe I'm just crazy, but it's just what seems to be happening. And um, But the truth is, you never know the last day that this show will be on this uh, platform. So please check us out over there in Rumble, uh, Blog Talk, iTunes, all over the place. You can catch the Remnant Call program. And we are proof that God can sustain and build your show. If you feel led by the Lord to start broadcasting or sharing, and you feel this is the right thing God wants you to do, then do it. Uh, I had no idea what to do, but you know what? We just did it anyways. I remember those first hundred subscribers were so difficult to get to. Um, but you know what? I've never appeared on anybody else's program. I've never been able to promote my show anywhere else, but you know what? God has done a better job, and so I thank him for that. When I go to churches and preach and share, I don't even talk about the Remnant Call program necessarily. I'm there to share God's word, not to not to promote this broadcast, but you know the truth is uh, God is a lot better at growing things than I am. So thank you all so much for the listening and helping, contributing, all those things. You know, we don't ask for money. My wife gets upset sometimes because I don't say thank you enough on the air. But thank you for those who have. Please, that is not some under-the-table comment to get you to try to uh, donate something. Please, there's never ever needed anything uh, that God has been sustaining. I'm just saying thank you. We appreciate the support from those that have uh, by God's grace. And we will continue I didn't start this program to ever rely upon human funds to move forward. And by God's grace, we never have had to. So thank you for that. Heavenly Father, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray tonight what's shared on this program would be according to your will, Lord, that the truth that come forward would be spoken from your heart through me, Lord, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to share with you tonight... A short message from David Wilkerson. Um, David Wilkerson was bar, bar none my favorite preacher um, in, in this modern age. Uh, a man who has been responsible for more of my tears going around uh, the lawn cutting grass. I would listen to his sermons all the time. And I remember back when I, I would print them out on a dot matrix printer. We had dial up internet and I couldn't wait to get in there and get a, get a, um, 
a, a sermon and, and print the whole thing out on that perforated paper. And I was so excited to read through it because I, I, I didn't have access around where I lived to hear anybody who could preach like that, except on shortwave radio. I heard some great people speaking back in the day. And, and, uh, and of course, Brother Benjamin, who I'd got to meet for back in 1999 uh, for the first time. And that was a blessing. And um, God has been so good. But there are several sermon jams, pieces, bites that David Wilkerson has done. You can look them up on the inter- uh, the internet there on YouTube and different things. But I want to share something with you tonight on a particular one. It's called You're Changing. And there is a problem that's going on today. It is a problem that is affecting so many people. And it is affecting even those that are in the end time crowd, those that are aware of the hour. And it's this way that we have been awake supposedly for so long that we've actually tricked ourselves into doing the exact things that we accuse others of doing, but we keep ourselves deceived thinking that we are on the right path because we still keep up with the end time programs and what's going on. So the things that we used to know were wrong, we start to let into our lives because the whole mystery of iniquity is a little leaven, leaveneth the whole, but you know, he who letteth now will let, right? He who now letteth will let, I believe is what it says, right? You let a little bit in and then you let a little bit more and a little bit more. And the next thing you know, the whole thing is leavened. And, and that is the mystery of iniquity that the Bible's talking about, I, I believe. And we could be guilty of having that creep into our lives in such a time so profound as right now in these last days that we are living in the one time you would not want this to happen. But in the United States, we have become so accustomed to ease and we have been so bombarded with luxury and we have been so bombarded with information and technology and you have little things creep in here and there. And the next thing you know, that which used to bother you doesn't bother you anymore. Folks, I, I, I can tell you right now, when I first turned my life around to the Lord, if I even walked by a television and something, even out of the side of my ears, I was walking by, if I heard anything that was even remotely close to a swear word, somebody even taking the Lord's name in vain, I would immediately, I would grab my ears and I would cover them and I would begin to cringe and shake because it was so foreign to what was in me because I had, I was so filled with the love of the Lord and, and, and by his spirit was just penetrated every ounce of me that I couldn't even bear to hear things like that would make me tremble literally and shake, and I would close my eyes and cover my ears, and I would begin to sing spiritual hymns to block any of that nonsense from me because it was so foreign. But after a while, I noticed, even in my own walk, that those things didn't bother me as intensely as they once did. And you have to come to a realization one day and say, you know what, Father, something has happened. Something has taken place. And, you know, through the journey, through the years, God has had to waken me up several times and and remind me, Frank, you need to come back truly to your first love. You've gotten distracted. You've gotten, you know, and, and my worst, one of my worst distractions is justifiable distractions. Those which I can justify as being something legitimate I need to do. But 
what happens though is that over time you begin to change but you don't see the change you you kind of know it's in there but you don't want to really deal with the change because you have tricked yourself into believing that you're still focused on the last days or focus what's going on and that's kind of like your subconscious get out of jail free card that if you can just keep this up and listen to enough programs then you can ignore the other stuff and you'll be all right when the truth is many many in this hour are struggling deep in their souls knowing that they're walking contrary to the very word of god i want to share this with you because this when i remember when i first heard this program years ago this little this clip it touched me so deeply and truly, and it'll bring you to tears. And I want you to listen to it because I believe God has a message for us in this program. I'm going to lower my voice so you won't think I'm angry. Tell me now, how many churches have you visited recently? How how many churches do you know? When you walk in, the Holy Ghost is so strong that every one of your sins are brought up before your face. The loving grace of God. How many churches have you been lately where you hear a word comes forth that so burns in your soul? You know it comes from heaven. You know it comes from the heart of God. I hope you hear it here. The truth of the matter is, in all honesty, there are numbers among us that are changing and they don't know it. You've lost your fight. You see, when you when you read the book of Joshua, it's almost a book of failure because they lost their heart. They lost the fight. You see, when spiritual blindness comes, very few recognize it. It's the last recognized thing that happens to a child of God. If I as a pastor knew you personally and I was watching your life and as one of the pastors of this church, I come to you and say, I, I, I love you, but I have to tell you the truth. You're changing. You know what you were. Something of the world has got in your heart. I don't know if it's television. I don't know what it is that has your heart, but I see changes in you. I I don't see the brokenness. I don't see the compassion you had once for your family. I don't see concern for your unsaved loved ones. You're changing. Little by little, something's happening to you. Would it bring you to your knees when... The ruin that you are not even aware of is suddenly brought before your eyes. Did you just let that go in one ear out the other? When a pastor tells you right now, hey, and I don't know who you are, but the Holy Ghost is speaking through me. You're changing. Little by little, you're losing the love of God, the love of Christ. Little by little, these things are making inroads. Folks, why do you think your pastors cry out against television? Do you think we get any pleasure out of the flesh? 
There's no pleasure in somebody coming say, I heard your message and I threw away my television. That doesn't give me any pleasure. It doesn't give any pastor pleasure. We have given account because we watch for your soul. Does it really matter to you that your unsaved loved ones are dying and we're getting closer and closer to the end? It, it, does it really concern you? They could die and go to hell. Even though you're a lover of Christ. Where's the mourning? Where, where's the fasting? I'm talking about the body of Jesus Christ in general. You're changing. Where's the getting up in the middle of the night? Where's the confessing? I'm tired of hearing about people in the church who say they want their unsaved loved ones saved. I'm tired of hearing people say I'm concerned about my troubled marriage when it's just talk. For we obey not his voice. Away with all of our how-to conferences because they accomplish nothing. It's how to cope, how to build a bigger church, how to reach the lost, how to improve your people's skills and how to impact the world in this computer time. Flesh, you're changing. If you are expecting somebody else to be an instrument to win your family or to do this work, you're mistaken. You're changing. You either walk away and go back to your passivity and say, I'm just going to be an ordinary Christian and there's no such thing. Or you begin to seek his face. You allow him to melt and break you. You go down deep in the soul and say, oh God, I can't do this on my own. But I'm not going to let my kids go to hell. I'm not going to let my husband, my wife. Oh God, I'm not going to live in this death. I'm not going to live in this lukewarmness and this coldness anymore. God, change me. And when you get desperate before God, you set your heart to seek him. You allow God to lead you into this place beyond fleeting emotion. You say, God, I'm going to set my heart. Oh, God, this is my burden. Wow. That was heavy. That was extremely heavy. And you heard where Brother Wilkerson, Brother David was talking about spiritual blindness. As I had mentioned before we got into this clip. You see, this blindness that comes in, that we create this whole false reality around ourselves. That somehow everything is okay when it is not okay. This spiritual blindness that begins to cover over that which we once knew was repulsive unto the Lord. This spiritual blindness that now justifies an unjustifiable walk. And before you know it, that which we once knew for fact was unholy begins to become something that we now cope with and incorporate into our own lives. 
We begin to accept things that we once knew were wrong, but in a weird way, we justify them because we keep talking about these last days and we listen to the next great program. I mentioned to you the other day that I, last week when I was listening to a person who I used to listen to their show all the time through the years, um, there's been some great people on their program that used to travel around the country. And I listened to the head of that program talk about how he was so smart and how the anointing that was on him, the anointing that he had, and I just reminded me and smacked of Matthew 24, there shall be many that shall come in my name saying, I am anointed or I am the Christ, right? I was, I, I just like, you know what? I'm done. I do not want to hear you anymore because your anointing comes from the Lord. It's not yours personally. And, and, and so I just, I turned it off and because I, under, I reminded me of the deception that is in these last days. And this was a person who I really once enjoyed and respected, but I had to understand, and I've had a, a weird feeling about him for quite a while, but I just had to come to that point and said, that is enough. That is enough. And so the interesting thing is, is that when we begin to justify it, that we actually can become the very heresy that we have been preaching against for so long. And we'll talk about these preachers, these churches, these pastors. They don't preach the truth. They don't live the truth. They don't do the right thing. And we actually end up doing the very same things that we have been preaching. We become the very heresy that we have been speaking out against. And like Brother Wilkerson was saying, that their family members, you know, and our loved ones. We've been wanting them to come to Jesus, but we, we, we and wanting them to surrender and, and, and do everything, but, but we, we haven't been willing to actually take the time to either approach the topic with them or earnestly go to prayer. But we, we understand that we need to do something in our own lives, but somehow we keep clouding it over with the, I call it the fog of Babylon that keeps us running the same course over and over again. But we read the news every day and we keep up with the topics that are coming on to the end of the world. And we listen to more programs and hoping we can find some kind of a a how-to, maybe a magical formula. And if we just get enough gold and enough food and enough every this, that, and the other, and I listen to enough programs about, you know, this, that, and the other, then maybe, just maybe it'll all shake out in the end when the truth is most most know deep down inside there's a real and honest problem because the cycle never ever ends and we continue on until the day and listen to me close until the day you're willing to say father i am tired of my own hypocrisy my passivity lord change me I confess I have not been, Father, who you have wanted me to be. Father, change me. I'm tired of waiting for somebody else to reach my neighbors and my family, God. I want to get right so you can send me. Father, change me. I am in need of you. And we stop putting off what truly needs to be done inside of our own lives. And we begin to finally take it seriously because here's the truth. You will do it. If not willingly, it will be forced upon us in these last days. 
Now, I'm telling you this because I have read history and what happens to people when everything falls apart in the intensity. Yes, we will repent then, but that is the worst way you ever want to go about it because you get out here and you get hit by a bus tomorrow or I'll have a thief on the cross moment and you never make it to that moment. The truth is we need to do something about it today. I run an IT company. There's 11 of us, okay? I have 10 employees, including 11, including myself. And we are battling every day against the problems of this world. We are fighting against the security of this world that's going on. And let me tell you right now, security is intense. But I have found this out. With it, This is beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a spiritual truth inside of computer work that we need to understand in our lives. I have watched people fight problems on their computers. I've watched my own guys fight problems over and over and over again before out of desperation, they will finally reboot their computer. Now, many times, you know, you get tired or you call tech support and they'll say, you know, please reboot your computer. I'm not going to do my Indian accent right now. But, you know, you you were like, oh, I don't want, I've already rebooted. Yes, but there are so many times I always try to tell people when learning how to troubleshoot, always do the easiest thing first to make sure that you don't get bitten by something that you could have done so simply to begin with. Because when you truly reboot a computer, there's times we've had, <clears throat> we have issues where we've had servers they get completely locked up and messed up, and they can't even function right, even if you reboot them. And the only way to fix them, to clear everything out, is we had to pull the power, hold, pull the power cords out, hold the power button in and for about 30 seconds, and let it drain the pa- capacitors completely and the memory on the system to drain it out so that it can clear any deep-rooted bugs in there to get the system to reboot properly. I'm telling you right now, we need a spiritual reboot today. You see, there is so there's so much busyness that's going on in the world. So often we're trying to get caught up. And you know what the truth is? You'll never get caught up. We'll never get caught up. And the only thing that ends up happening is more confusion, more stress, and a plethora of new disorders that keep constantly creeping into our medical journals of modern science because of everybody trying to cope with the constant stress of this world. Do you understand this stress is designed by the devil, by the prince of this of the air of this world, right? By by the ruler of the darkness of this world. He has designed this stress so that you will be distracted from the truth of what is actually happening and that you will not take the proper precautions and preparations that are needed to combat this in the last day. But for many people, there's a stirring that's been going on in your heart for quite some time now. A stirring knowing that there's something deeper out there and there is some issues that you truly need to deal with, but somehow you just keep stuck in the same never-ending process in the cycle going all over. And my thing is to you, we need to reboot today. The Bible is very simple. Isaiah 26.3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I'm here to tell you right now that the madness of the never-ending cycle is about to end. Whether you want it to or not, it will end, but you don't want it to end 
in a, such a way that you are forced to do the things that you should have already done prior to the times that are coming. You see, God wants us prepared for what's happening in the last days. He wants us spiritually ready for what's going to go on. But he doesn't want us to wait until it's all too late, and then we try to all of a sudden come and say, Lord, I'm sorry. God wants us to begin the process now, and so that we are prepared to help others during this time. But it begins with us putting the brakes on. I know it's it's serious times we live in here, but sometimes you just have to put the brakes on and get alone with God. Go camping, go for up in the mountains, go get away somewhere. Many times that's we have to get away from people that we know for a little bit. We need to to get away and take some alone time. Because is your job worth missing out on your walk with the Lord? No. Is your sin worth justifying and missing out on heaven? Absolutely not. We got to stop today. You see, Paul had to deal with this issue in his life. You see, I believe that Paul's conversion began at the stoning of Stephen. He had to hold the clothes of those who stoned Stephen. And the Bible said that his face looked like the face of an angel. You remember that story. Well, when the Lord finally confronts Paul on the road to Damascus, you see, it, Paul, I believe, was fighting against the pricks from the Lord. And instead of him obeying that, he tried to resist by fighting harder to keep his religion, right? He, I'm going to go persecute these Christians. Give me letters. I need them, you know, to go forward. His wrath began because he was trying to self-justify that which he knew was wrong. And on the road to Damascus, the Lord finally gets a hold of Paul. And he asked Paul, he says, Paul, or Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And and Jesus, what Jesus is saying is, Paul, I've been working on your heart for so long now. This has been going on for a little while and you keep fighting against me. See, I'm, I believe that, that something at that stoning of Stephen must have shook Paul up so hard that the Lord began to prick at his heart. And instead of obeying it, he fought hard against it. Folks, I believe today that there is God is pricking at our hearts. And instead of actually obeying the prick and stopping saying, that's it, that's enough, no more. I'm going to get alone with the Lord. I'm going to stop the madness of this society, the madness of all the end time programs. I am going to absolutely begin to focus myself wholeheartedly. Yes, I I, I think to myself, I told my wife the other day, I must be the only talk show host that constantly encourages people to turn off the program. Because if that means that you will spend more time with God, I would rather you not listen to the remnant call and spend time with the Lord than to listen to the remnant call and miss out on that precious time alone. I would rather that you do both. But the most important thing is that you spend time with your heavenly father. And Paul was trying to resist and he was messing up and doing wrong, but God loved him and kept after him. And folks, there are many of us today, we feel that prick in our heart and we're trying to fill it with other ridiculousness, like, I mean, not ridiculousness, but you know what I'm saying? More preparation or more more of this or more pro, more books, more whatever it, it might be. When the truth is we need to stop and listen to God. 
You know me, I believe preparation is a good thing, uh, spiritually before everything, and physical is a good too. But the truth is, is that don't do anything if God doesn't want you to do it. And I don't care what any person says and what any preaching program says, that you need to do this, that, and the other. You need to hear from the Lord himself. And the only way you can hear from him is to get alone with him and to spend time with him. Shut your door, and that which you spend time with the Lord in secret, that which you ask in secret, he will reward you openly, meaning God will hear the prayers that you make in quiet time with him, and he will take care of that which happens around you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all things shall be added unto you. Listen, I am trying to share these things with you because I care about you. I share them because I myself see so often how distracting my own work can be. I get so frustrated and angry sometimes because work can be such a distraction. But the truth is, I was joke, I was talking to my father today. I said, Dad, you know what's true? I said, I'll finally get all the problems solved here and worked out for work about the time that the missiles launch. Get it just in time for the flames. But you know what? Nothing in this world matters except our relationship with God. If it all burns, it won't matter as long as we know Jesus. It it doesn't matter if we lose everything in this world as long as we know the Lord. But we must reboot. In Korea, South Korea, they wanted to be the most technologically advanced country out there. And at one point, they had so much technology, they started realizing that the disorders were becoming so so toxic in the environment in South Korea. Uh, the people becoming in, a, in a, what's called an anhedonic state. And, and they were almost like zombies in a way because they were being constantly bombarded. Their dopamine was being released from so much technology hitting them all the time. But they found out something really wild. They found out that the human brain could reboot itself and they began to open up detox centers and things like that. And they found that if they took a person's technology away completely for two weeks, that their brain would actually reboot. It would restart. They could get off of this garbage. Folks, I'm telling you right now, we must reboot, spiritually reboot, put down the tech, Put down the stuff that's distracting, take you a couple of weeks, and reboot onto the Lord's plan. We do not have time to mess around. Don't be like the Apostle Paul when he was, or Saul then, when he was fighting against the pricks of the Lord, but instead embrace him and allow the light from heaven to shine down on your lives, to lead us all the way to the very end from our heavenly father who promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Time is short. Don't wait till tomorrow to start. Start tonight. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion Someday